Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you are listening to Wine. Why Not? A Queer Podcast. Episode 24. Ooh, 24. <laughs> I don't think we have anything to say about 24, so then we'll just jump into jokes you about know, 25. You know who would have something to say about episode 24? Kiefer Sutherland. Mm, yeah. I loved that show. I didn't watch that show however my brother watched that show and he loved it as far as i can recall it was so long ago i expected you to say that your mom watched it and loved it (laughs) because your mom and i have the yes she and i should do a podcast about the tv shows we like your taste in television and my mom's taste in television is similar before y2k after y2k (laughs) your choice in television and my brother's choice are very like very alike Uh, so so what you're saying is uh your mom and I can get together and you, and my enjoy. mom and Joey should hang out. <laughs> we should get together and watch some reruns of Matlock. Uh, um, yeah. Well, like soap. I know you recently did uh, talked about soap in one of your. Um, Why do you know that? Publisher's desk. Um, my mother loved soap. Oh, okay. The show and the product. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> one does like to be clean. Um, but yeah. So uh, 25 coming up. Uh, we, we soon will be able to rent a car. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So Isn't that, that stray? Why 25? Why tw- I don't know. Did they do some research? You know and like at do? 24, there were way too many car accidents, but at 25, it went way down? It's so weird because our laws all have varying ages of you're responsible enough for this. So according to um, uh, our country, you are responsible enough to – uh, play the lottery, die for your country, uh, and drink a beer, but not rent a car. You need a couple more years yeah. of maturity. And never, apparently, are you mature enough in the state of Florida to get gender-affirming care. No. no not easily, well, anyway. No, no. Nothing worth getting is easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So here we are, episode 24. So we are, we're trying something new this time. Yes, new format. It's exciting. Yes. I think. As long as people can hear us, that's all I care about. Yeah, if you can hear us, then it's a little less exciting and more frustrating. <laughs> For you and us. Was, you know, when I first started listening to My Favorite Murder, I don't think they had, like, a, a sound person with yeah. them. And so they were, like, there were times driving in my car. You know, when you drive a lot, the soundproofness of your car goes away. So, really, you just hear air and street. And so I had to turn the volume way up just to be able to hear them. And then it was very clear to me the episode at which they got a sound person because yeah. I blew my eardrums out. I was like, ah. So. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, So, yeah, we, we are recording this in our uh, Watermark office. Yes. And uh, it is uh, a setup that uh, you put together. <laughs> that I did? Yeah. Um, well, let's give credit where credit's due. So well, if, if, it, if you can't hear us, you would have blamed somebody. Send an email to intern at watermarkonline.com yeah. because our intern, Luis, set up the sound for us. Yes, yes. Well, he um, showed me how to do it. He yeah. didn't do it today. And then, uh, so that's the, the, the setup we're going with. And the reason we're doing that is because we do not want to be cons- uh, confined by the one-hour time limit that we have been doing these. Basically, we don't know when to shut up. 
Exactly. There are so many topics that we we print out, uh, and by we, Rick, print out <laughs> what we're going to talk about in the episode every week, and we never get through everything we want to talk we about. We never do. And, you know, we watch that clock, and we end up, and this is, was very noticeable in the last episode, so episode mm-hmm. 23, we got to the point where we were going to talk about a film called The Inspection, and we had like three minutes left. And we left. rushed through and it. we rushed through it. And we probably said some things, like we just pointed out some things that, that, that were... I mean, I remember saying like, hey, it was good, but it wasn't great. But we didn't get a chance to, to really... say why you thought that. right to say why we thought that or to get into the specifics of what made it good, because there was yeah. a lot of great stuff. There about was. It. I had a whole bit planned <laughs> um, about similarities between the movie and my experience right. in basic training. I imagine um, that you would because you went through you were you're you're a veteran. my my Marine brother-in-law would probably. <laughs> disagree with the specifics of what I'm going with to say. With everything but you say. basically, <laughs> basic training for the Marines and the Air Force, same thing. <laughs> it's basically I the imagine same it. thing. I mean, wouldn't uh, it be? There's there's a little more physicality to the Marines. Yeah, just a little. They, we, we have this thing called, or we did. Uh, we're going back more than 20 years, so it may have completely changed. Um, but we had this thing called Warrior Week, which was kind of what... Um, I think the Marines every week or every day of their basic training is like, um, we do a week of it uh, where we go out, we <laughs> sleep in tents and we mock war and we run through um, obstacle courses and stuff like you, that. You you mock war like you, you have a mock war. You don't sit in your tents and mock war. Oh, well, both. <laughs> yes, we have a mock war and then we stay up all night doing each other's nails and hair. Pillow fights and, and mocking and, war. And we just mock the war. Um, no, yeah, yeah. We have a mock war. Um, where we're giving fake M16s and we duct tape our flashlights to the front of it. And when the TIs, the the drill instructors, are the invaders, and when they're coming to the camp, we have to run through our little spiel and then we have to flick the 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 switch on our light uh, flashlight. And that's our bullets. And we're like, bang, 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 bang. They, they're like Terminator robots. They come with laser pointers and they're like, you're all dead. You're all gone. <laughs> And then we'd have to go to the med tent, and then it's, it was basically a game of, of war. And, and it was that's how you build the world's greatest army right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the world's or, greatest air force. I'm not <laughs> sure how the army's built. Um, I would like to know from a Marine if they have, you know, if there's like a laser, you know, or. I will, you know what? I will contact my brother-in-law, who ironically is also named Jeremy. Um, and I will get the details of how his basic training went, and I will report back next week to let like, you know if Marair is, is he in like there. Bizarro, Jeremy. Um, I mean, he's a little bizarre. Yeah, like you know, Bizarro, <laughs> like Seinfeld. Yeah, Did you ever yeah. see that episode of Seinfeld? Uh, yeah, it uh, it comes from Superman. I'm familiar with. There's a <laughs> Superman villain called Bizarro, who's the opposite it's so, of Superman. It's so funny your reaction to me right there <laughs> is like my reaction to people when they're like, and I'm like, oh, do you know Leia Salonga? She was the original Kim, and they're like, you mean the uh, voice, the of, voice Mulan. of Mulan, <laughs> Ryan? And I'm like, yeah, like she did this first. Yeah. The, I do enjoy that episode of Seinfeld, though, the Bizarro Jerry episode. But it is based I, it off of on Superman. The, it was yeah. on the other day. That's why it's on, the, uh, that's why it's on my mind. Uh, but in oh, wait, some that, ways, they did that in the movie, right? Wasn't there Bizarro Superman in the movie? Um, oh, you're going to make me pull out my nerd trunk. Where he was, like, flicking the, the peanuts at the mirror. What? Or at the bottles. You know in the movie? Was it the second one where he became evil? That's... And he was, like, flicking... 
Yeah, I don't think that's Bizarro. I I don't recall the second Superman. I think that that was more like the. No, you know what? I'm confusing it with Spider-Man. It's because Black Suit Superman, but Black Suit Spider-Man. You know what? I'm going to tell you, your face looked like this thing. There's a stupid thing I love to do. When I, when, so um, I'm, I'm at my brother's house. It was my mom's birthday recently, so I'm at my brother's house, and my niece is going to church camp. So she's going to church camp, right, at a church that allegedly has left the Methodist church because the Methodist church said they'd start – ordaining gay men or something or gay gay priests and so so this church that she goes to um decided she's 10 years old right this church that she goes to decided nope we're not gonna be part of it anymore we don't anything to do with the gays so she is out and going to this church camp at this place and so she was asking us for stories that she could take like gossipy stories that she could go back and tell everybody at camp. So it was the perfect time for me to do this stupid thing. I love to do where I start telling this story, like really intently, like it's like this real amazing story. And then they're always based on episodes of the Brady bunch. And, <laughs> and then I get towards the end of it and I'm like, Oh no, you know what? That was the Brady bunch. <laughs> and I could do that for hours and I got her good on it a couple of times. It was fun. Well, you'll have to let us know how that camp goes for her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, to each their own, and I know that she was, my mom goes to this church, and I know they love to spend time together, and it's their thing, and that's great. I, I mean, I don't, I don't get why anybody would go, would go yeah. there, but that's not for me to decide. Um, so now you can tell, right? We're we're about this is why we are changing the format because we get up on tangents and we talk way too much. Yes. So we're recording this in the office. I hope that there's not too much ambient noise. We've We've sent a message to everyone on staff to be quiet. Yes. So that we can get through no this. No unnecessary messages. No dings on the computer. We have mufflers <laughs> on our microphones. But um, we still have wine. But we Day still drinking. got wine. How exciting is this? It's I like, got to tell you what. There ain't a whole lot of bosses that first will let you drink on the job, but also will sit across from you while you drink on the job. <laughs> Almost demanding that you will. I feel like a madman right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it is. It's after three though when we're recording this, so it is after yes. three, and it wasn't. Yeah, uncommon. It's not like it's eight thirty in the morning, <laughs> right? And it wasn't uncommon for me to leave the office at three and go to a bar when I was drinking. So I'm just keeping your legacy alive. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. We'll have to when when you start going to meetings with me, we'll have to find <laughs> a drinker to take over. Or we add a what a third. We'll just whine, whine not, whine not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me about your week. Did you do anything? Um, I was off from work. Um, it's uh, it typically um, June obviously is super busy for us. Um, so approaching the end of the month, I think we're all a little burnt out. So uh, most of us will take a couple of days off uh, towards the end of the month or or going into July. So I took a couple of days off and uh got sick so i spent most of my week in bed um but uh i got caught up on some good television did you think um, for one second when you were sick and you're like this is my, these are vacation days that i've taken and i'm sick did you think screw this i'm going into work um no however um part of me was like oh what a waste of vacation days and then i realized it's all from the same bank whether it's sick days or vacation days so uh, my two days off, my vacation days turn into two sick days, which is fine. Um, I got lots of rest. I needed rest. Um, I was, uh, super tired. I didn't realize how tired I was. I, um, I'm on a CPAP machine. Me and 
Joe Biden have something in common. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that I love about having a CPAP is it tracks how many hours I'm asleep and the different like levels of things that happens while I sleep. And uh, I kept getting notifications from my app through my CPAP machine saying, congratulations, you had 11 hours of sleep last night. And I was like, ah, I needed it. Um, so that was nice. I got plenty of sleep and my CPAP machine congratulated me for it. So that was most of my week. Um, I I didn't know that Joe Biden was on a CPAP machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the story came out last week, I think. Um, somebody commented that he had marks on his face, and it's from the straps of his mask. Um, and his it, the White House put out he has he has sleep apnea. It's from, his, a, from his straps. It's from his strappy mask. <laughs> that a boy. Um, so yeah, me and Joe Biden have uh, another thing in common. Um, much like Joe Biden, I also went through speech therapy when I was a kid, but I think most gay guys did. <laughs> uh, back in the eighties, did when you they have tried a lisp? To, I oh yeah, or a stutter? Do you was I had a lisp? mine was a lisp. Yeah, I couldn't say my effort. <laughs> <laughs> I would like for you to do the rest of the episode <laughs> uh, in child Jeremy voice. Um, I was yeah, bad lisp. I was in um. And, you know, part of it was, I think, that I was just a little flamboyant gay kid. Part of it was um, I was born with an underdeveloped jaw. So my jaw, uh, long story, I won't go into the whole details, but I had issues where my jaw met, my lower jaw met in the back instead of the front, like a normal person's jaw. So I had like a half inch gap between my front teeth and or my top teeth and my bottom mm. teeth. So anytime I tried to talk, my tongue would just thrust out. And uh, anytime I tried to eat a sandwich... Uh, the meat and cheese would stay and the bread would come away. So um, when I finally got that fixed in my adulthood, that first sandwich brought tears to my Aww. eyes. It was an amazing was moment. It, was, it, was it like watching those videos of like adults who are colorblind putting the, sun, the exactly glasses on like and it. they can see? And... Um, they had a camera set up. My mom. like, this is what bread tastes like. My mom put a sandwich in front of me. I was like, I don't want it. She's like, eat it with your new teeth. <laughs> eat it with your new face, Jeremy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a long way of me saying I had a lisp when I was a kid. <laughs> I would when you first said that I was thinking because I know that you like ASMR about how awesome it would be to listen to a lisp ASMR an entire AFMR like this. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen. I would listen to it. Ah, uh, that's my new career. I wonder how much money I can make on that. <laughs> Oh, that's too much. Uh, no offense. Anyway, no offense um, so while I was laid up in bed, how was your week? I know that um, me being sick benefited a friend of yours. <laughs> it sure did. You know, I had a really busy week, so I'm just going to tell you about all of it because sure. it's a lot. Uh, but last Tuesday at the Dr. Phil Performing Arts Center, uh, Beetlejuice, the musical, uh, came through. and What and was it? Beetlejuice. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like the way that you said you took a deep inhale and you're like, one more time. Uh, anyway, so how was the show? No more day drinking. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's important for me to tell everyone how much I didn't want to go. You know, I just I didn't want to. I recall go. you saying that, yeah, that this of the this entire 
Broadway season at the Dr. Phillips Center that this was the show you were least excited about. Yes. And I am a fan pretty much of all musical theater. Yeah. Like, I feel like I want to see it all and I want to experience it all. It's almost but, like you went to college for but, it. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> but I just did not want to see this one. What was it about this that was it you didn't like the movie in the 80s? Is it that you don't like movie or musical remakes of movies? What What was your reasoning? It's got to be my 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 recollection of what the movie was like yeah is that it just didn't interest me so it, it was too who who directed the movie tim burton that's what i thought i'm <laughs> i didn't want to sound stupid and say it but i'm just not a fan yeah of tim tim burton right so there's some subsect of the reddit now is ripping me apart right <laughs> Um, They're like, that homo doesn't like Tim Burton. Yeah, I don't know why Katie, everyone on Reddit yeah, has a country Katie, accent. It's not redneck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's like, last time he didn't like Batman. Now he doesn't like Hates you know. Batman. What are your feelings on Edward Scissorhands? Hmm. <gasps> really? Do you know why? What's the common thread? Oh, I forgot. And I just want to preface this by saying that I adore her, and I don't understand how you hate her, <laughs> but you are not a Winona Ryder fan. I There is no reason. I have no logical reason for the same – well, you know, not even that, because I can say I'm not a fan of Nicolas Cage either. I okay. just don't like his shows. I don't think he's a great actor. I don't like the movies that he picks. But at least with Winona Ryder, you can say she's a great actress. She is, yeah. She's a great actress. I just, for some reason, I think it's that it's that angsty, gothy teen. Yeah. And I just, like, that character in that show, I was like, Oh, not, very angsty. Not very interested. Gothy. Not interested um, at all. I think the reason that I like her as much as I do, and I think she's a, a great actress, but um, growing up, she always reminded me of an aunt I have, my Aunt Lori. Uh, and I think if you have that familiar good old goth Aunt Lori connection, <laughs> minus the goth, more of the angsty. Oh, okay. um, but I think when you have you you link uh, an actor or an actress to somebody in your family, you can't not like them. Like I love my Aunt Lori, so I have to love Winona Ryder. Do you like everybody in your family? Moving along. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Let's just say I have a very conflicting relationship with Harvey Firestein. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you anyway, love everybody in your family. I love them. I just don't want to see them, them all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, how, talk so, about the show. So, then, so then I go I go to see the show. Now, uh, Jen was the opposite of me. She was yes. dying to see this show. So much, so much so that she went online to buy tickets the day the tickets went on sale. She remembered... So much as she's probably the one who got me sick. <laughs> did, did she send lunch to you the day before? So she went online to buy tickets. They went on sale probably like at 10, that, to 10 a.m. that day. Yeah. She remembered at 1, and she went on, and the entire thing was sold out. Yeah, it and sold out quick, in record time. Minutes, right? And then they re they they released more tickets, and then those sold out before she could get to them. So she wasn't going to get to see it. And she was very sad. But because we do this podcast, I've decided somewhere along the way that I should go and see it, so we could talk about it. And you and I were going to go. And then you got sick, so I called Jen and told her how sad it was that you were sick, and she was screaming with joy, uh, not that you were sick. But right. then she got to go see it. Yeah. So we go there, and it it's one of those shows 
I don't I don't understand this about like you know we talk a lot about audiences and how weird audiences are yeah. are like they talk or they participate and in fact I'll tell you there's an example of somebody who yelled back uh, onto the to looked at her and said you need to shut the fuck up <laughs> I was like I'm gonna like this show people so, have lost their minds lost their since minds. COVID lost them and then when we talk about this next show this other show later on we're gonna talk about people in the audience how crazy yeah. they are and I hope they listen because they need to be ridiculed I will say if I had to draw who I think our ideal audience is it is not the people who are behind us but I hope to God they do listen because they need to learn <laughs> uh, okay so what, what I wanted to say about so uh oh may i may i back up and tell a quick story though sure. I'm sorry because this i think this is hilarious this is this is quintess quintessential rick classic rick oh rick I, I i so badly want certain people to like me like if i if i deem somebody's cool i want them to like me it's yeah, just the way nothing it is. wrong with that so i have i deem people who are in charge of media tickets at the Broadway series to be super cool people, <laughs> right? And I want them to like me. So, so the uh, who was it before? Um, Cr- it is was it Chris or something. Re. Oh, Rick. Uh, you know what? His name escapes me. He's not there anymore. So he doesn't get I a show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he was Reed, a good guy. though. Reed was his last name. R E E D. Yeah. Uh, but he was really cool. Really nice guy. And I just yeah. wanted, I want them to like us and all this kind of stuff. So. So Julia's there, and I'm thinking, like, I'm going to – I always try to think, like, I got to say something cool and fun to Julia when I go up there. And and so I, – because I was telling her about this podcast. I probably name-dropped this podcast way too much as it is, so I yeah. already look like I'm trying too hard to be her friend. <laughs> so so I, I go up there, and I was like, hey, you know what's interesting is Jeremy and I were talking about the top ten most produced shows in high school of musicals for the year 2022 and then i said and the number do you know what the number one show that people wanted to do in high schools in 2022 was you remember us playing this game yeah yeah i said beetlejuice and she was like really and i said with 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 no doubt in my mind yes 100 percent. so then we walk away from there and i start thinking that does sound weird that can't be right so I was completely wrong. Yeah, it was. It was um, Adam's family. Adam's family. But yeah. Be- was Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice, I believe, was in the top okay. ten. It was in the top ten. But yes, the Adam's then, family was. But then one. I sat there, right? And yeah. this is how crazy I can be sometimes. Because I'm sitting there. Jen goes to the bathroom, and I'm sitting there like, she's going to start telling people, and then they're going to tell her that she's wrong, and then she's going to say, you know, it was oh, rigged. And now it's now this whole conversation has had the opposite effect that I wanted it to. Have. Did you go back to the table? <laughs> yes, oh my I god. Did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and what so did you say to her? I, you know what I had to do is I even had to, because it's all blocked off by security. Yeah, you're already I in. I had to move shit out of the way and go and like sneak back behind her. And I was like, Julia, excuse me. I was like, you know what? I was wrong. I was like, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let you think this. And she's like, oh my God, what have I told people? And I was like, I know. So I told her what it was. And then, then we laughed about um, what we thought it should be. Because we both did Fiddler on the Roof and Guys and Dolls in high school, and those mm-hmm. weren't on the list. So we laughed about that. I must say, um, I don't care for either one of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the old Broadway, we'll call it. You know, the older I get, the more interested in them I am. I didn't think I would yeah. like Hello, Dolly, and I like, loved uh, it. What's that one? Seven, seven uh, Bride yeah, but... for Seven 
dollies, yeah. something like that. I don't care for the that. Or- orgy the musical. I saw. I we saw <laughs> Hello Dolly. It was I fine. liked it. It was all right. It was fine. Who was in it when you saw it? Did you see? It uh, was Betty Buckley. God, that who? she was great. Like, because we did a story, not with Betty Buckley. She was only talking to the dailies, but we got to talk to like one of the fourth leads. Um, <laughs> this, this sounds like a Tampa Bay story. Did she get this? <laughs> and uh, we posted that up on our social medias, and Betty Buckley shared it. And I will always remember this is like years ago. And I remember saying to you, <laughs> Betty Buckley shared our story, and you looked at me and said, <laughs> Betty Buckley doesn't do her own social media. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I won't believe it. Betty Buckley saw her story and she loved it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what but I did she not, did? She might have. Uh, think- I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast, but I because I did not care for that show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked it. So, Betty, we can be Be- friends. I have a Betty you know Buckley what? story, too. You and Betty Buckley can hang out, and I will hang out with Winona Ryder. I actually have I have two Betty Buckley stories. I'll save them for another day, but they're fun. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, to the show. To the show. We haven't even talked about the show yet. To the show. It. Uh, I, I loved it. I'll yeah. just throw that out there. I absolutely loved it. I, I th- <laughs> I'm so glad that I went... It was so – it was high energy. It was fun. It was totally different yeah. than, than what I remember the movie being. And actually, the the character of the girl I liked uh, way better in this yeah. in this version of it. So there was, there's this running – there's this running storyline that I don't think is in the movie. I meant to go back and watch the movie, but it was a busy week, and I didn't do it. So in, in the show, uh, this, this the girl's mother passes away, mm-hmm. and so – the like she getting involved in this ghostly world she then kind of tries to concoct this plan to see her mother again and that's kind of the the through line to it which did not exist in the movie correct no no in fact um Catherine o'hare's character is her stepmom and they mention that but they don't talk about what happened to her original mom um there was a after the movie came out there was a beetlejuice cartoon that ran for several years and I think part of that was actually in the animated series because it sounds very familiar. Oh, okay. So I think that they might have pulled some of the stuff maybe from the animated. The series. The Catherine O'Hare character is her. Yeah, it was was in the in the musical is her soon to be stepmother. Oh, gotcha. Maybe like the father's choreographer. I, I think, think they were married in the movie. Yeah, I maybe think I'm so. wrong. I don't know. In 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 this production or in the musical, uh, the mother had just passed away. Oh, recently. okay. And so they're going in, and they find this house. They're going to buy it and renovate it and sell it and blah blah. Um, but I want to just there's a couple of things I want to point out about it because it was surprisingly gay, really, or surprisingly queer, surprisingly. Uh, Beetlejuice actually reminded me more of Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. He comes right out like the couple dies. Yeah. Right? And then he the whole thing is he's he hides the the handbook for the recently deceased. Mm-hmm. He hides that from them. And then he's going to tell them how it's all supposed to be. Whatever. When he first meets them, he walks up and plants one on the wife. And then walks over and plants one on the guy. Nice. And then constantly making jokes about hooking up with the guy. Mm. Constantly. The entire show. In fact, so the, this is this is where I knew I was gonna like the show. You don't have like a dark sense of humor. So the guy, he was. I, I don't know how he does that voice, by the way. Like, how does he not talk like that? Like that. What's that butler guy from Elvis? What's his name? The butler guy from Elvis. He's not a butler. I thought his name was something Butler. Oh, Austin, Austin Butler. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how the hell am I supposed to know who Elvis's butler was? <laughs> 
you know the guy who made all Austin those Elvis Butler, singers? Butler, yes. Austin Butler. Like how he, he adopted this yeah. voice forever. I don't know yeah. how this actor doesn't do that because he was he was he had that that sort of Harvey Firestein-ish voice. Raspy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he comes out and he's he's doing this whole number. He's like, we're gonna do this show about death, blah, 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 making all kinds of crazy jokes. But it's just upbeat and fun. And then he he grabs the book, right, for the Recently handbook deceased. for the recently deceased, and he he asks if there are any kids in the audience, and so he points at this kid, and he goes up, and he he has this book in his hand. He's like, he goes, "You're not too old for a puppet show, are you?" And he's like, "No." So he starts making the book talk, and he's like, he goes, "Hey, book, what happens to books when they die?" And the book's like, "I don't know. What happens to books when they die?" And he goes, "Let's find out." And he throws the book into a fire, and then he pretends to be the voice of the book, and he's like, "Oh no, it's so hot, I'm burning." I thought this only happened to books that made kids gay. <laughs> It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And then there was this other running joke that he did the whole time where he'd point at this guy in the audience. He would he would say something off, um, like something ridiculous, and then he'd be like, this guy knows. And he kept pointing at this particular guy. And that towards the end of the show, he goes, this guy's knows. He's like, he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to pick on you. I just see myself in you later on tonight. Oh, my. Um. You know, I, I I know that there's supposed to be no audience participation, but I – and this happens um, with uh, Aladdin on Broadway. The genie uh, acknowledges the audience. I like that whole fourth wall breaking where there's a character who reaches out to the audience and talks to them. Yeah. I dig that. And he's the only one. In fact, there was yeah. a, there's a part in the show where he does it. And and um, Lydia, I think mm-hmm. is her name, she, um, she reacts to him uh, doing that. Like, who are you talking to? And it's just really funny. Uh, it's so, but it's it's so high energy. I, I've seen a lot of shows. Um, you know, I've been seen shows on Broadway, seen shows at the Tory here and 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 all over. And the, the audience at this show, I have never seen an audience enjoy a show as much as this audience enjoyed Beetlejuice. They they loved it. They're screaming crazy. Everybody loved it. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I know. Um... I was really disappointed that I didn't get to see it. Um, I know that, um, and nothing against the Dr. Phillips Center, that has kind of changed our ticket uh, giveaway, uh, or the tickets, that the media tickets that we get. Uh, my brother had it on his bucket list this year to see Beetlejuice. Oh, no. And he's like, because he messaged me the day before, and I said, no, Rick and I are going to go see, because we're going to talk about it on the <laughs> podcast. And then um, I got sick, and he messaged me, and he goes, are you on your way to the show? I was like, no, I'm not feeling too well. And he goes, who's Rick taking? And I said, Jen. And he goes, that figures. <laughs> so, uh, but it is coming to Straz next season. So um, I'm going to try to get him tickets because it's coming in October for his birthday. So oh, that's exciting. His birthday's in October. Buy so them early. Get, it's going to yeah. sell out. So I'm going to try to get him tickets. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie because, you know, the thing, like, we get, we used to each get a pair of tickets yeah, to Dr. Yeah. Phillips. And so we, now we get one and we, we share them and we go see it. But I was kind of hoping, you know, like saying, like, hey, we have this podcast that maybe we can get a pair <laughs> for the podcast and a pair for the show. But that's like, you know, that's being greedy. We really appreciate them and that they let us uh, let us in the oh, door. Yeah, that's just, I mean, just the that. fact that they give us any tickets. Um, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, I want to just give a quick shout out to um, to St. Pete Pride, mm. because on Friday, while you were like, I like how you're like. Oh, it's such a busy Pride Month, and it's all over, so I'm take a few days off. Mm-mm. And then, nope. Nope, there were Pride celebrations going on until nope. the very last day. So uh, they do this event at the Palladium Theater in, in St. Pete. I think this is only the second year that they've done it. It's called Queerioke, and it's hosted by Carson Kressley. 
Oh, one of the original queer eyes. Yes. Um, is that what they call him? One of the they they call him the OG queer eye. Uh, okay. Um, and I only know that because I recently watched a celebrity version of Family Feud where it was the queer eye OG versus the new queer eye. Ooh, who won? I don't know. I didn't see the end. What <laughs> was it? Not entertaining enough? Um, no, it was. <laughs> It was clips on TikTok. Ah, okay. Um, so they had uploaded like a series of clips and I was watching it and the ending wasn't on it. And I was like, well, I'll come back to that. And just like with anything on TikTok, I never did went Did Steve back. Harvey look like, did he look like he didn't want to be there? No. <laughs> he actually looked like he was, he really, him and Carson oh, yeah? uh, were, were, had some good banter back and forth. But, I'm going to uh, have to find that one. Yeah. I, but I watch Celebrity Family Feud all the time. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the original, um, the original ones, uh. They seem to have the better answers. No, no disrespect to the new queer eye. I have your Lego set, but the OG, um, they totally, they were killing it from the clips I saw. Well, that's because every time they hit the buzzer, the 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 new ones, they just say pat him. They're like pat him, pat him, pat him. Except for the <laughs> cooking guy, whose name escapes me. His answer to everything: avocado. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's how queer queerioki works is it's it, it's not really it's it's karaoke but it's like it's it's predetermined yeah who's like your life it's predetermined <laughs> it's predetermined who's gonna sing uh so they got they get like five people to get up there and and they've songs that they know they're gonna sing and carson cressley and uh, another host sort of introduced them but it was it was fantastic you know you know this about me but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't and a lot of people found out uh recently because of karaoke that the two things that i will watch all night long are karaoke and, and queers and well yeah <laughs> queers and karaoke queer people line dancing oh yeah we and, did talk about and this, queer yeah. people singing those two things i could watch all night I don't know what it is, but the maybe it's this the the this the um, simultaneous movements. Uh, I find line dancing in general, like a large group of people line dancing, intoxicating. Yeah, it's just amazing to watch. Yeah, and for some reason, for me, it's way more entertaining when it's all queer people. It's a lot more entertaining if it's all hot people for me, and they. It's just watching people have a good time, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. like the when when I've seen it, there's just it's all pure joy, and I love to watch. Yeah, that. yeah, and just when the movements are all in sync with each other, it's just fantastic. So I, there's two things I want to say about karaoke. Well, three. I was surprised at how funny I thought Carson Kressley was. Yeah, I don't know that I ever really sat back and thought of him as a funny comedian guy, but he was actually really funny. Um, there was there were there were several people. Jay Maya was one of the singers yeah. from um the voice he was on the voice and then he was on that the name of the show escapes me but the one with like the virtual avatar yeah the avatar singer yeah i don't know is it avatar idol it was a short-lived series on fox avatar idol with the voice and i don't mean fox the network i mean fox news it was real weird (laughs) hosted by tucker carlson (laughs) that's why he got fired um so it was jay maya um vin who is mr saint p pride do you have you met vin I've seen photos. <laughs> He's in our guide, but no, I didn't. I don't think I've ever met him. Um, I think that uh, his other title, other than you know, Mister Saint P. Pride, is the happiest man on earth. 
He is so like he just exudes joy and happiness, and it's very contagious. Like he's he's having a good time, and he's hoping everybody else. It's he's a great guy. Uh, and then I just want to point out Siobhan. I don't know. You need to look her up on YouTube uh, or on whatever whatever the videos are out I'm gonna there. I'm going to need a last name because I have a cousin, Siobhan, and I'm going to love it if they end up being the same person. <laughs> I'm going to need to check your 23andMe to see if that's even possible. Uh, oh. But, but um, this was not a white chick it. from if, Kentucky? No, you just look at it. It's, it's S-H-E-V-O-N-N-E. So uh, look her up. She sang, I Will Always Love You. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. She was so good. Come on. She was so good. I almost was like, how good was she? (laughs) That I almost told her she needs to stay away from bathtubs. That's how good she was. Oh. Our email address again is WWN at watermarkonline.com. Yeah, give us a. All fans of Whitney Houston or bathtubs. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Um. Yeah. Great. I. I. I didn't get to stay the whole time. Yeah. Because as much as I love to watch karaoke, you love being at home in your PJs. More? No. Other people don't enjoy it as much. Oh. And so I. <laughs> I stretched it as long as I could. Um. And then eventually I just had to give in to to leave. But I loved it. Yeah. I can't wait for next year. Gonna go. Very nice. Maybe I'll join you. Don't. It's fun. Don't um. Don't replay this podcast next year. <laughs> no, I'll, maybe I'll join you. That's not, it actually sounds really fun. Um, fantastic. Something else that both of you and I did separately, but kind of together on accident. Uh, yeah, we both went to the movies a couple of times this past week and saw the same movies, but didn't go together. That is correct. So, um, uh, one of the movies that we saw, which I think you agree with me, um, uh, was flipping hilarious is uh, Jennifer Lawrence has a new movie out called No Hard Feelings, where um, (laughs) this kid who's getting ready to go to college um, is really socially awkward. So his parents uh, put put out a Craigslist ad to hire someone to uh, basically date him. I'm going to use air quotes here. Uh, Date him. Um, but part of it is basically hiring her to sleep with their son so that he's more comfortable and and has a little bit of life experience going yeah, to college. That, that's part of the shtick there, too, right? It's like, you mean date him? Date him? Or, or date, date him. him. And um, then she just goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Um, but uh, it is, uh, it's one of those R-rated kind of um, raunchy but has a heart to it uh, comedies. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence, and I think you mentioned this also when we were talking about this. Not only is she hilarious, but she's so relatable in this movie that you just want to hang out with her. Um, she just seems like every gay man's best gal pal. Super down to earth. Yeah. She seems super down to earth. Yeah. I would be very disappointed if she turned out to be a terrible person because I, she's one of those things, and you say this all the time, never meet your heroes. Yeah. Um, I would be so heartbroken to find out she was a horrible person. What if she was not a horrible person, but what if she was like a straight-laced goody-two-shoes and like no. all of this was an act? No. Wouldn't that be worse? I, I'd rather she was a mean person. I would break her. I'm not like physically <laughs> break her. I would break Jeremy her. don't like. <laughs> I would break her into... Being that kooky, crazy, punched in the vagina chick we saw in this movie. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I For those who didn't see the that. movie, there's a scene, uh, and there was a lot made about, I mean, the movie itself is just hilarious. I thought it was a great movie. But there was a lot in the press leading up to the movie that she does a full frontal nude scene. Um, she takes this kid, and I say kid, he's a, he's of legal age. Calm down. Um, he, she takes this guy, and they go skinny dipping in the ocean. And these other guys, these three people, come and they steal their clothes. So she comes storming up on the beach. I mean, everything hanging out and just attacks these people to get their clothes back. And in one scene, this chick after she hits her, I know I say chick, but I mean it in a loving way. Um, she punches her in the vagina. And the, the look on Jennifer Lawrence's face when she just grabs it. She's like, oh, I was dying. Um, the movie is great. Um, everyone should see it. Yeah, she's she was really good at physical comedy. She in this was, one. and I I'm trying to remember. I know that she's done comedy before, but it's usually kind of that um, cerebral kind of you know that um, silver linings playbook kind of like you know life lessons comedy. She I don't know if she's done any straight out just like Melissa McCarthy yeah. style violence. Oh my god, what if there was a movie where they were rivals? And they were just like raunchy rivals, and I would love it. Oh, it would be so good. Trying to one up each other. Yeah, I love it. I want to see it. We can call it. It could be called that. One up. We're gonna we're gonna write it. Yeah. And then Melissa McCarthy and Jennifer Lawrence. I know you're listening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Hit us up. Hit us up. You know what? And then we'll be friends while we make it. (laughs) You know, I don't want to. It's too much work. I don't want to write. I just want to hang out with you when you make it. It's funny that you say that because. the person who wrote this movie is a friend of hers, and he wrote it specifically with her in mind. <laughs> Sorry, we almost had a wine accident. <laughs> um, he specifically wrote it with her in mind, uh, and uh, it was just a fantastic movie. It's not doing gangbusters at uh, the theaters, but it's doing okay. So if you need something to go see, definitely go see this. Yeah, I mean, I w- I, w- I enjoyed it. It's not it's 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 not one of those that you have to see in a theater. I don't think like. You might enjoy more sitting yeah. at home, um, but it, it was good. It was well worth it. Yeah. And the kid that's in it, I don't, I don't know it's his, his name. It's his first movie. It wasn't on my schedule to talk in detail about, so I didn't look up any information about it, but When you he was told good. me we had no time limits, I took that <laughs> to heart. Um, no, his name is Andrew Barth Feldman. God, that even sounds like the name of somebody who, who needs, to get laid. needs to get laid. <laughs> uh, but this is his first movie, uh, and he was hilarious. And, you know, kudos to him. His very first movie, there's a scene where he's just ass out hanging on the hood of a car. Yeah. And it's like, you know, go for it. That wasn't a double? I don't know. <laughs> I want to look at you. What I was on say. set. Betty Buckley doesn't do her own ass shots. Um, whoo! I just got lightheaded there. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk Rotten Tomatoes with this one. Okay. Um, I feel like this is one that um, a lot of people didn't go out and see. It wasn't like a super big opening, but I feel like the people who saw it probably. <laughs> opening. Um, I feel like the people who saw it probably loved it. So I'm going to say audience like 91. And I'm going to see critics probably didn't love this movie as much as audience. This seems more like an audience pleaser. So I'm going to say 86. Um, critics 68. <gasps> no. 
I mean, that's barely even. That's barely tomato fresh. paste. <laughs> that's that's not even. That's so. Ah, oh, fuck you, that's audience. Like four-year-old can. No, that's oh. the that's the critics. Audience score was eighty-seven. Oh, audiences, yay! Critics, meh. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, what do you expect? Like, you saw the preview. You know what it's about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like this. It's not Oscar winner. Yeah, this isn't Citizen Kane. Right. Ugh. Have you seen that? You know what? I've tried to watch it like four times, and I fall asleep every time. Oh, my God. But, I mean, it's like it a- It sounds like me in a show we're about um, to talk about in a minute. It's, um, I mean, it's a it's a big thing. It's a big deal. It's a, It's like one of the greatest movies ever made. So, I just can't so get through So somebody it. says. Like, what's the criteria here? Um, you know what it is? Is his, fi- that film- it's credited for um, doing a lot of um, directing, like film te- making techniques that are like commonplace now. Um, like the big wide shots or the crane shots, those didn't exist. Oh, okay. Um, filming in actual locations instead of on a sound stage, that didn't exist until Citizen Kane did a lot of things that are now commonplace in film. The film itself, um, I just can't get through. Um, but it's funny because there's this one TikToker I follow who says all movies, no matter what movie you see, is either Citizen Kane or Wizard of Oz. It's either um, a fantastical story of a fish out of water going to another locale or it's a um, a mystery of trying to solve something that happened to someone, like a, a, like unraveling a story. And every movie I come up in my head, I, I'm trying to find something to discredit this. And every film can kind of fit into either Citizen Kane or Wizard of Oz. Hmm. So there you go. Think of that next time you watch a movie. <laughs> Nine and a half weeks. Citizen Kane or Wizard of Oz. Nine and a half weeks is total Citizen Kane. <laughs> Rosebud. It's that. Uh, uh. The, <laughs> it's the rosebud of it all. Um, and then we saw another one. We can just spend a second on this. Yeah, um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and his destiny was they should have wrapped this up in the third one. Um, you know what? I was, I was very meh when um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull um, threw aliens into it. And then, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Indiana Jones and you want to see it and you want to be surprised, um, fast forward, like, uh, 30 seconds, um, this or a minute. This one deals with time travel, and uh, it is – It's a li- I, mean, I get the point of these movies, and I know that they're already far-fetched, but the whole time travel thing and going back to, like, what year – what did they go back, like, 250 BC or whatever shit that is. It just, it is, it was too ridiculous, too ridiculous. Uh, I need limits on your ridiculousness. It it was interesting in a way. I mean, it's in the realm of Indiana Jones to me. None of this seemed obnoxious out of place. He was a, his student of history, an archaeologist. He found his way back in 500 BC at some war that he studied, and you know, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's not the. Str- I was like we, we talked about this earlier uh, in the day, and I said I was more. It was more unbelievable to me that this eighty-year-old man could scale a rock the size yeah. of the rock he scaled than that they went back in time. Yeah, or that now, he got. He got I want shot. you to remember this. I want you to remember that comment when Tom uh, Cruise turns eighty 
and he's still jumping off of fucking mountains in Mission Impossible 39. Well, he's he's different. He's got the spirit of the different. mothership. <laughs> he's got the spirit of the mothership that lifts him up. And isn't really Indiana Jones just the story of Tom Cruise? Isn't it? Isn't it? You know what? I was thinking of this also. I think what it is is the first three movies deal with mythology of artifacts that archaeologists actually were looking for. You know, the Ark of the Covenant or the the Holy Grail. The, even as fantastical as they are, people are looking for them. The, fir- the, the final two, no one is looking for the crystal skull and no one is looking for this Dial of Destiny. They're two made-up objects. And I think that's what kind of pulled me out of it, of it's, it's rooted in this archaeology uh, storyline, no matter how weird or crazy it is. And then you just made shit up. And I know it's a film, so they're like, all made up. And Jeremy likes for his Wizard of Oz <laughs> to be real. I want a little bit of groundation in what you're selling me. You're good at words. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real word. I, I'm sure it's not. I'm all sure right. it is. Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think? Oh, this um, oh, audience is 76. Uh, uh, critics, critics like everything that's stupid you know what i heard that the critics loved the last season of game of thrones so just knowing that i bet critics gave this like an 88 i should be a critic because i also love i love game of thrones i don't think it all made sense to me it was always gonna be him always Mm. it shouldn't always always but it was always gonna be him shouldn't have been always always who should it should who should it have been you know what? Honestly, because they were leading up to this, they should have done away with the monarchy, and that should have been the bringing of democracy to Westeros. Tear, break the wheel! That's what I know. You were gonna break the damn wheel, and you know what you did? You just swapped out a new wheel. Congratulations. Anyway, that's not what we're talking no, about. Right. <laughs> Critics. I also want to say. That this anger of Game of Thrones, I never watched the show when it first was on. All this anger came in the last year when I watched it for yeah, the first so it's time. Fre- the wound is fresh. It's still fresh. It's still fresh. Still fresh. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, not fresh not would be fresh. the critic score. <laughs> the opposite of your wounds. Of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. 68. Really? Critics. You know what? The, I I spoke too quickly of you critics. <laughs> 88 for audience. Ooh, audiences. Suck it. Well, what did I say? Um, I was like the opposite. I was flipped. What did I say that um, the Jennifer Lawrence movie was? Oh, I don't was remember. it 67 or was it 87? I don't remember. I don't I, I believe the audience or the uh, critics didn't like it. Maybe. I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, so that's what we did. Those we saw those movies. We did. I'm sure there's other things. So now, now we'll get into the crux. We'll get into the bulk of we'll it. We'll get into the crux of the queer because that's what we're here to talk about, right? Yeah. That other yeah. stuff was just like, eh, these were our weeks. But this is the queer stuff that we. Which is funny because the first thing we're going to talk about is something we did this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's our assignment. Our see, we have queer assignments, and then we just talk about whatever as well. Queer so assignment. Our, our first queer assignment. You want to talk yes. about that? Uh, we're going to talk about Cirque. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cirque du Soleil. Um, for those who uh, follow along either with Cirque uh, history or with Disney history, um, there is a theater at Disney Springs here in Orlando um, that has, it looks like a big uh, circus tent. Uh, the building does. And uh, they do a Cirque show. And uh, for like 17 years, 18 years, I have it written down here. 
I don't know, somewhere in this article, 17 or 18 years, they did a show called Lanuba there. I was about to start doing like background music because I didn't know how long it was going to take for you to land on that. And then I, you saved me right as I was about to start. You started talking again. Yeah, yeah Lanuba. Did Lanuba. you ever see Lanuba? Uh, I don't think I did. I, did. I used to have a friend who worked there, and so he would. He got, I've seen it a couple of times. It was really good. Yeah, I've seen a couple of Cirque shows um, through Watermark. We've gotten tickets to various shows, but never the the Lanuba show. It was other yeah various. It shows. was like touring shows. Yeah, that would, yeah. Uh, we would do tents trade that outs. would pop up yeah. in like parking lots or some shit. Um, but yeah, so they um, a couple of years right before COVID, they shut down Lanuba. They announced that they were doing a new show called um, Drawn to Life, which was a merging of Cirque du Soleil acts with the history of animation um, at Disney. And it was going to open, and then COVID happened, and everything got delayed, and uh, it ended up opening in November of 2021, uh, first with some, you know, obviously parameters in set uh, because of COVID, uh, but now it's in full swing, and... uh, (laughs) literally yeah, and figuratively no, no pun intended um, sure. it it's uh it is in full swing and you i and an intern who recently wrote a story about a couple who works at uh uh drawn together uh were invited to come see the show uh and that couple is david rimmer and salo sarmiento godi who um are two of the Two of the acts, um, uh, David, who's uh, British, is a part of the trampoline act that appears towards the end of the show. And uh, Salo, who is from Spain, <clears throat> um, he does this amazing um, aerial act. He was on one of those reality shows. Which reality show was he? He was on Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent. And uh, he does these amazing uh, aerial acts on a giant pencil um, that he yeah. rips his shirt off. <laughs> And just can I say some? I mean, there was a lot of 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 really strong, talented folks in this show who just like effortlessly um, was like jumping up on these barrels or these the, these um, these rings and flying through the air. But when he first takes the stage and he grabs that pencil and he's got like his bicep uh, uh, tense. Um, he lifts up in the air and nothing moves. He just, I honestly thought he was on strings for a moment. I don't even know what you do to train to get that yeah. kind of strength. He was, he was arm out holding this pencil flying through the air. And the only thing holding him up was his arm. Was his arm. And it was effortless. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure he works very hard to make it look like it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was really amazing. It was beautiful and stunning. And, you know, that concept um, from what I read was his his idea. And you know where I read this? In Watermark. Oh. oh. There is a story on there. Um, uh, headline, Cirque du Soleil performers David Rimmer and Salo Sarmento Gordi navigate relationships and acrobatics yeah so it was kind of his concept to do this this thing and so then the the creators of drawn to life then uh so this is like let's work with me i'm gonna paint a picture here for you sure he's on this pencil and the pencil's like i don't know 12 feet tall or 10 10 maybe 10 yeah, to it's 12 defi- yeah it's, it's definitely just really it's is. just really tall pencil now the pencil is attached to like a pole but it, but it can move freely. Yeah, well, I so think that, the pole, the, the pencil is the pole, and then the pole is attached to a, a, rope, a, a rope, a string. Yeah, and so, and that's how he moves around. But when it moves around on stage, 
it's it doesn't touch the stage, the tip of the pencil. Yeah. But it but the there's like a, a screen on the stage and as he flies around it draws. Yeah, it draws something. on the stage. The entire show is kind of set up where it's like these different acts animate um these different cells and portions of the stage and it's uh <laughs> Pardon us while the emergency uh, car drives by. Um sorry, just talking about these these guys is just Get got, me, got y'all on fire. Get me going. Nine one one has been called. Fire departments on the way. I gotta say, uh, for as I mean, they're super talented. Um, they're also, I think I can say this, um, hopefully without sounding offensive, they are super hot. They're like yeah. two. I got a chance to meet them uh, backstage before the show, and just the photos. In the photos, they're very attractive men, but the photos don't even do them justice. They are gorgeous. Um, they are. Um, the the workouts that they do and the the way they take care of their bodies amazing. Um, yeah, there, there is the the show is is pure beauty, gorgeous, and, and and everything about it is and including them they they are stunning. Yeah, beautiful men for a beautiful show for a talented cast. Yeah, now we've covered that we've covered being, drawn to life. Yes, um, yeah. a little bit because we did get invited to go see like two acts, but yeah, but yeah. when they you know for for Pride Month they're like you know we have this couple that's in it and they asked us if we were interested in talking about them and then they invite us to see yeah. the show. Great because story of that. too. They they met um, uh, several years back in Argentina mm-hmm. and went about you know got uh, went about doing other things and then both uh, auditioned and got on this show and reconnected and now they've been together for three years. And they're a beautiful, happy couple who gets to work together. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know about. I just want to point out too that that the sets were beautiful and amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of Cirque, Cirque shows, and this is one that I I understood every second of it. I understood the storyline and everything from beginning to end that was in there. Uh, the you know that thing that we talked about in the podcast early on, um, where they were flipping the flipping the people around on their feet, oh tossing yeah, them up in the air. That is all. Oh, that's mesmerizing. How yeah. quickly they just fly these people around, and so that was that was super impressive. Again, but there was a there's a, a segment of it where there's a, a guy and a girl dancing. Yeah, and the her uh, I think in the show that's supposed to be her father and, oh, okay. and mother, the little girl who the show's about. Yeah, and and the I mean obviously this woman isn't floating and flying through the air, but you it looks like she is. Yeah, and it's, I mean she's got to be she's obviously she's on strings, obviously on strings we're not, but they're not obvious. We're not four year olds, right? Like mm, mm. we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so we get that people don't fly like that in real right. life, but, but you it, can't see the strings. And you, I mean, it just, for a moment that you're like, how the fuck are they doing this? And you know what was really cool too is when they're like, she's flying up and then that, that, that screen comes down mm-hmm. around them and, and there's, there's stuff playing on the screen. Yeah. If, if you're, even if you're not a Cirque fan, if you're a Disney fan, there are so many references and Easter eggs to different various uh, Disney shows and Disney movies. Um, just going if you're yeah. just a Disney fan. You'll love it. You'll love if you're it. a Disney fan, you're going to love this. Now. And if you just love beauty, you'll love it too. As I pour another glass of wine, I will say, if you choose to go see this show and you're going to bring your family and you're going to bring your children, you better have it. My mother, whenever we would go out when I was a kid, she would have a talk with us before we went in anywhere. 
about how you need to behave because you represent the family when you go into public. I need every family to have that conversation with your children and then look in a mirror and have it with yourself because we were be we were in front of maybe the most obnoxious family I have oh ever God. seen in public before. I mean, they if there was a movie being made about them, you would be like, oh, this, this is the best family ever, and they're so supportive of each other and so amazing. But if you made a movie about us having to listen to them behind us during a show, you'd be like, that's the most obnoxious family in the world. I almost turned around and said, listen to Wine Wine Not on Monday because we're going to attack you. <laughs> <laughs> and you deserve every bit of ridicule that you get. So it's, it's I'm not sure who was the couple because there was a man and two women. Now, if you were the nice people that gave us the tickets to the show, then go ahead and fast forward for the next two minutes from this show. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I get the every, sense yeah, that everyone, they work on the show. Otherwise, why would they be so brazen to talk? I don't know if they the work on the show. Time. I got the feeling that they knew someone in the show, um, and I have suspicions of who it is because they applauded and cheered a little more for one particular character, um, who was the main girl who plays Julie, who in the show is twelve years old, but obviously in real life is like a 25 something. It's a, it's a Kathy Rigby situation. Yeah. So um, when she came in and bowed, they cheered a little. At, so maybe either they really liked her character or I got the feeling that they knew her. And if they did, and the, the lady who plays Julie is listening, get your family in check. <laughs> that is not how you, you behave know, in public. Listen, if you're, look, I understand that you, you have kids, you, wanna, you want to encourage their imagination and you want to help them learn things. So you're sitting at home and you're watching Sesame Street and the, the, the letter of the day is A and then you say to your kid, how many words can you come up with that start with the letter A and you have fun with them and yeah. you do that in your home. Yeah. You don't go out to a show and then ask your kid all these questions and encourage them to talk throughout the whole show. And then about 30 minutes into it, have the nerve to tell the kid to shh. Yeah. You're the one asking him questions. Yeah. Asking questions. And then I'm, I'm gonna just going to call him the dad because I'm assuming he was the dad. Um with his stupid Danny Tanner comments as, oh, did you see that? Oh, wasn't that exciting? It's like, you don't need to. Every time someone flipped, he yeah. was like, oh. You don't have to narrate for your kids. They can see the show in front of their eyes. And and how many, is she flying? Is she flying? Like, yes. come on, come on. So my anyway. favorite part of them is when they went to the bathroom. And I don't know how many there were. In my mind, there were like 20 of them. I glanced behind me when I was, and I'm going to use air quotes, looking at the performers who were behind us. And there were three adults and four kids. Um, oh, wow. When you go three out. three adults? Yeah. There's a man and two women. I'm not sure which one was his wife. I'm going to assume the other one was an aunt. Or whom he is secretly having an affair with. I don't know. Well, I only heard two adult voices, so I'm going to assume that she was the mortified nanny. Possibly. Possibly. Um, but, um, yeah, I forget the point. So, I was so, make. so they went to the, they went to the restroom. Yes. They had like a three minute conversation about who had to go to the restroom and then they go to the restroom and this is my favorite comment of the whole time. They were gone for like one and a half acts and they come back and the little kid sits down <laughs> and he goes, 
what did I miss? miss? He didn't even <laughs> whisper. He just, what did I miss? And I thought, oh, my God. I would have laughed, actually, if they somebody hadn't filled him in on what he missed. But they didn't. They kept going. They didn't. Out. It's just like, come on, y'all. Don't, yeah. don't go to – if. Watch watch it on screen or something. Like have time. How about teach your children like look, people don't want kids at things because they're loud and they talk through everything. So yeah. what we're gonna do is I want you to focus on what you really like about this and the whole way home we'll talk about all the cool stuff that you really like. Not let's have time right now to express now when they're teenagers or adults they're gonna go out and they're gonna be obnoxious people who talk yeah. to the movies that, i mean the parents themselves were probably treated that way as children and that's why they felt the need to talk throughout the whole show anyway not to we were we were i don't want to like toot our own horns we were very good very gracious very gracious we didn't harass them you know we're there for the show we didn't pay for the tickets so we're like you know what let them have their fun and after that while they're wailing and screaming about one of the little kids drops their damn binky and it falls by my feet i picked the damn thing up and gave it back to them see i would have stepped on it first (laughs) (laughs) now um you know it, it this is a testament to how good this show was. Oh, yeah. And we mentioned, we talked about this afterwards. Um, that kind of behavior is enough to ruin a show for you. Yeah. But this show was so good that it's even with the distractions behind us, we still enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, it was, re- it was, it was really that good. It's worth yeah. every penny. You should go see it. It'll be around for a while. Go see it several times. Yeah. I mean, the last like, one I was there for it... 17 years. So, yeah, I mean, I... I'd expect it to be there for a while. I want to see it again because I want to see if there are things that I noticed differently. Yeah. Than, I also want to see time. it without those people behind us. And I want to see it from another area of the stage. Do cause... you, do you want to go and see it and be those people that were behind us? <sighs> <laughs> I hate being those people that I bitch about, but I also kind of like being those people that I bitch about. <laughs> um, right. So that was Drawn to Life. There's no Rotten Tomatoes to on that, but we're going to no. go with 100 and 100. 100 and 100. If you live in Orlando, what are you doing? Go see it. If you don't live in Orlando, um, plan a trip. And while you're here, go see it. It's yeah. so good. It re- so good. It really, it's really worth it. I mean, if anything, if you don't like Disney, you don't like Cirque, Go for Salo's act because he pulls his shirt off and the muscles that are activated when he grabs that pencil, it's just magnificent. It's unreal. It is magnificent. I would, you know what? I want to give them a call next year. And during that whole gay day at Magic Kingdom thing, there's got to be something they can do. That's like all like a, a an hour of Salo just swinging around on a pencil. <laughs> Maybe they could perform at the Wave Awards. Ooh, that's Watermark's awards for variety and excellence. Yes. They should win. They should win something. I will vote. I will do a write-in vote for Cirque to win for favorite stage show, and yeah. then they can come and perform. Or just come and hang out. Much like Jennifer Lawrence, I just want to be their friends. <laughs> can we get Jennifer Lawrence to come to the party? She will be Central Florida's favorite actress, and we will fly her out. <laughs> Although she can fly herself out. She's rich. Come on, Jen. Oh, I just thought of this. So our movie, right, where Jennifer Lawrence and Melissa McCarthy are, yes. are in some sort of battle. Um, I also want to add to that cast Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> yes, uh, I kind of want Jennifer Coolidge to 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 delve into the action star kind of thing, like the unwitting action star. I'm down for that. 
All right, so that was one queer one queer thing that we had to see. One queer down, two to go. <laughs> the uh, so this next one. Are we talking about the documentary? Yeah, let's talk okay. about the documentary. I'll All let right, you introduce I... it because it was your idea. Okay. Um, one of the things. Let me close some of these windows out on my laptop. Um, one of the things that we decided we were going to talk about was a new documentary that was coming to HBO on the life of Rock Hudson. Now, I don't know a lot about Rock Hudson. I mean, I know the basics that all good gays are supposed to know about Rock Hudson. He was a closet homosexual, one of the biggest actors in in history, and died of AIDS in the 80s. He was like the first, like, real known superstar who died from the disease. Um, much like when COVID happened and Tom Hanks was the first big star who got COVID. Um, Rock Hudson is the Tom Hanks of AIDS. <laughs> Which is funny. Tom Hanks won an, an actor for, or for, won an Oscar for having AIDS. I want to point out to you the two <laughs> sentences that you just strung together. <laughs> that Rock Hudson is the Tom Hanks of AIDS, period. It's funny, period. <laughs> um... It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Enough time has passed. Anyway, the name of the documentary. Too soon. Too soon. Um, en- uh, uh, the name of the documentary, it's on HBO, and it, it, it's on Max now, so you can watch it on Max if you have it. Rock Hudson, All That Heaven Allows. Um, it's named after a movie that he was in called All That Heaven Allows. Um, I should have picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's well known for that movie and um, Giant, which he was Oscar nominated for, that had um, – um jesus jesus was not in it jesus was why did i james dean james dean thank you james dean and elizabeth elizabeth taylor Taylor. gladiator Um, gladiator (laughs) um which by the way he would have been fantastic in gladiator did you know two things i learned about this documentary before we get started oh i got a list um he was six foot five he was a very tall man and according to a gentleman in this documentary had a fine penis (laughs) Yeah, I was shocked when I'm just sitting here watching the documentary. He goes, "Uh, Rock, he had a fine penis." And he I didn't was like, "Say penis though." No, well, no, no. We have children listening. I'm not going to use the <laughs> word he used. I was shocked, but that he this meant guy, penis. <laughs> this guy said that, and the manner in which he said it. But yeah, there. So, I, yeah. I wrote down like a bunch of little things that I didn't know that 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 I thought were interesting. But like you, I went into this knowing well. Everything I know about Rock Hudson, I learned in Hollywood. Um, yes, that, the, the, the TV Ryan show Murphy sh- miniseries. Yeah, which is all fictitious. For the most part, yes. For the most part. But I could definitely tell some things were taken from Rock Hudson's real life and put into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Um, for the lo- limited knowledge you had of Rock Hudson when you started this documentary to when you watched it, did it change your perception of who he was and was it for the positive or was it for the negative it was for the positive was it yeah honestly i walked out of this documentary and i by walked out i mean i turned it off of my television and sat on my couch longer um i felt more negative about him i'll tell you what i what i liked about it yes well because you know when you know as a as a child of the 80s you know the aids is bad 
right? Yeah. You do bad things to get AIDS, right? That's the that's the thing that you learn. That is what that Reagan's taught us a that lot is the of message shit. That the Reagan, yeah, yeah Ronald Re- and Nancy. Nancy Reagan taught me that if I smoked any marijuana, that I would be a uh, uh, a homeless junkie worthy of under death. a bridge who gets AIDS yeah. because you're gay, right? And and so it was. So that there was there was a lingering impression of of Rock Hudson that that society had had helped my brain form, even though like later on in life I came out and be you know became smarter than the things that I learned when I was a child. So getting a look into his life and learning about him, I I, I developed an appreciation for him that I didn't have before, and yeah. and what I really admire about him is that. He didn't. He had no. I don't want to say any words that are gonna make your mom unhappy. He had no f's to give. He had yeah. given them all away. He had nothing else. Like he, he did not care. Like yes, he was closeted to the world, but to his. But he lived his but, life. But the circle around him kept him closeted. You know what he reminded me of? And watching this entire thing, I served in the military under "Don't Ask, Don't Tell," and everybody who's not in the military, their first, their instinct is. Um, don't ask, don't, don't tell means if somebody in the military knows you're gay, then you're booted. But what it is, is it's kind of like old Hollywood where people didn't care if you were gay, as long as you were discreet about it and you still did your job effectively. And I noticed a lot of that, like with Rock Hudson, a lot of Hollywood knew he was gay and did a lot to help him keep it a secret. So the greater society didn't find out because they liked him and appreciated the work he did. Yeah. The same thing in the military. I had a lot of commanders who knew I was openly or not openly gay, but knew that I was a homosexual and they did nothing about it because, uh, and I've had numerous ones to uh, commanders tell me you're a good troop who keeps your nose clean and doesn't give me a headache other than you doing your job. That's all I care about. Do whatever you want to do in your private life. Just keep it discreet. And that's what his life was like. Yeah. And I, I appreciated like that there I mean they they allude to people who were closeted who stayed in the closet, but yeah. he would go out. He would yeah. go to gay bars. He would go he would bath houses. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite stories. Could you imagine? Not that I go to these places or I've ever been, but if I happen to be at a bathhouse and I'm sitting in my room and the door opens and one of the biggest stars of Hollywood walks in. Could you imagine? Yeah. And just, and unapologetically. Yeah. That's what, and that's part of the, that's part of what I liked about him. Now, yeah, he, he broke a lot of hearts. He probably treated some people poorly. My biggest issue with him is how he was willing to throw other people under the bus to maintain his own secrecy. See. And I know that you're going to say that it was his manager. 100%. I don't, for one ounce believe that he didn't know the secrets that were being told about other actors to protect him. I don't know that he specifically knew, you know, and I, I wrote and this Tad down. Tad were friends. Tad wrote, Hunter Tab, were friends. Tad Hunter. Yeah. Tab. I, I, I wrote that down to yeah. sort of talk about it. And it's, it, it could just have easily be, Oh, they found out about Tab. Not my publicist told them about Tab so they wouldn't come after me. He may not have known that. Mm. And even if he did, I mean, I don't know. You're talking like, you're talking a different era. I know. But, I mean, even if it's a different era, you got to look out for your own. You got to look out for your people. 
And if he's a friend of yours, the fact and that you let that happen we to don't him. know. We don't know that Tab Hunter wasn't involved in the decision. Mm. You know, maybe Tab was just mm. such... Tab, who was way better looking, too. First of all, I didn't think about that. Secondly, <laughs> he was so much hotter. Yeah. Now, that being said, um, and I know that I... D- this is probably wrong to say, but I know there's a lot of gay men out there who think that, uh, or think this way. I, when I see pictures of Tad, Tab, Tab, Tab. like the drink, um, <laughs> I think, oh, you're hotter than Rock Hudson. But then I hear Rock Hudson was six foot five, and I was like, mm, <laughs> and you're you hotter. Heard, <laughs> you heard how large um, his penis was. I know that that's wrong, but there's something about height, and to hear a man is six foot five. Gets well, my see, tab going. Yeah, but you're tall. <laughs> True. So True. that I mean, for me, somebody to be six foot five is like, no, thank you. That's you're like no, a spider you. monkey yeah. climbing you're, up. Oh, let me kiss your <laughs> belly button. Oh, I do like spider monkeys. Oh. Did y'all hear that? Our temperature is rising, and the fire trucks are here. <laughs> so uh, I do want to point out. Yes. Uh, so I'll just say that this was a difficult show for me to get through. You you text me while you're watching it said you had to watch it in segments. I did. It yeah. took me three days to watch it. And here is why. I, I, I guess because the people they were talking to were so old. <laughs> like, that's not a really that's – not, that's not at all how I meant to say that. Let they me, were so <laughs> hard to listen to. I was like, it's going to take three years no, to listen to these I old men talk. Let me say – this what they were talking about in the early parts of the documentary happened so long ago mm-hmm. that I, I don't know that any of these people were still alive. So there were audio recordings of people talking about Rock Hudson. And then the, the, the first hour is nothing but movie clips. Yeah. You know what? And they, they use this as a technique in making this. And I didn't catch on to it until about halfway through the documentary. And after I noticed it. I fucking loved it. They were using clips of Rock Hudson's movies to tell the story. And it it surprised me how many of the clips from his movies that fit into different aspects of his, his yeah. life being secretive and dealing with AIDS and dealing with being in the closet. It, but it was so overdone. They, you know, it's oh, like... Oh, I loved it. It's like, I loved it. you get, like, we get it. You're, you're in the closet. And you're and you're not gonna get married. Now here's 20 minutes from 13 different movies of him telling everybody why I don't have to be married. Like we get it. Like it it, it would be so much more interesting if it was broken up. It's just seriously yeah. like the first 30 to 45 minutes is is. I mean, is I dug it because it was almost clips. like it was subliminal in his characters. He was telling people. Yeah, I and um, I get that, and I can see three or four times telling us that. But when it is the first forty-five minutes of your show, it gets tiring. I mean, it was, it was so bad. I like had to turn it off, and then yeah. I went to watch. Then I watched twenty minutes the next night, and then like the last third of it, it gets. It actually gets really good. I mean, I'm glad yeah. I watched it because I think that it's, it, you know, it's an important story, and he deserves credit. I yeah. think for. For having the the courage to do the things that he did at the end of his life. Yeah. Um, I think we can agree that regardless of how we feel about how he handled things or how the documentary is put together, I think we can agree that coming to the end of this documentary, um, that it solidified 
that Ronald and Nancy Reagan were terrible fucking people. I this is one of the things that I, I, I my takeaways. One of them is I didn't realize that he and Nancy Reagan were friends. Yeah, well, I knew they were friends. I didn't know she treated him and like I, that in the end. And I didn't. And when she turned her back on him, yeah, it made me hate her more yeah. than I possibly could have ever when thought. I I, could. I knew they were friends, and I knew I always was under and. God help me. I'm sorry. I believed all the urban legends up until that documentary. I thought he fucking married Jeb Neighbors or uh, oh, uh, Jim Neighbors. Jim Neighbors. <laughs> I had no idea that that was just a made up thing for some gays throwing a party. But I always thought that she was the one who was poking at Ron saying, you need to mention AIDS because your friend Rock Hudson, our friend Rock Hudson is dying of it. And I had no idea until this documentary that she was just as much of a snake as he was who said, nope, sorry, you're a dirty queer who gets what he deserves and turned her back on him. Yeah, basically. So for, for those who haven't seen it, uh, oh, when, when Rock Hudson was, was diagnosed with AIDS, um, he, was, he had gone out of the country to France yeah, to get fr- the diagnosis. And if you've seen... Um, any of the documentaries there's a, a really good documentary the name escapes me um but uh about france's work in trying to um solve the aids crisis and the band played on well the, an- but the band played on, but it's B- bmp it's oh, okay. the whatever the initials for the the um the pulse the blood oh, okay. pressure pulse and it's a really great documentary on um, how France was at the forefront. Yeah, they actually, yeah. And and part of the delay in, in helping people with HIV and AIDS was the, the patent battle between France and America yeah. when France had, had created all this stuff. So uh, he's in France. He gets diagnosed with AIDS. Uh, but it took, a, it was, and then he goes back to the hospital a year later um, when he gets really sick and he's at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. And when it's, when he publicly announces that he has AIDS, the hospital says, we don't treat AIDS patients here, which they had been treating him, so they do, but it was because it was public knowledge, then they had to kick him out. And the only hospital near there that could handle him was a military hospital. And so his publicist, or his manager, manager, wrote a letter to the White House asking them to allow him to go to this military base because he wasn't part of the military, they wouldn't see him. And Nancy Reagan said, I don't think that would be appropriate. Yeah, we shouldn't get involved in this. That's her friend. Oh, I was so mm. irritated. Um, so the other thing, uh, I just wrote poor Tab Hunter. But yeah, <laughs> that's, that's one note I made. Um, the, uh, one of my takeaways, he always looked 30 years older than he was. He did. You know what? And me and uh, Chris, my roommate, had a, we've had discussions about this, about how people prior to like 2000 look decades older than they actually were. It's like people yeah. at, right around Y2K learned how to look younger than yeah. you actually I just are. I saw a meme today that was like the Golden Girls that was filmed in 2023 and they all look like they're like they're 40. <laughs> um so that there's that um the the guy that played his agent. Yes. It it mu- he must have been the model for the character that the Bazinga guy plays in Hollywood. Oh, for yeah, yeah. The um what's his name? Excuse me. Good Christ. Let me look it up. 
I want to. I, I almost said Jim Neighbors. Jim. <laughs> it's Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. Yeah, Jim yes. Parsons. That his character in Hollywood has to be. Has the, to be. Yes. Has to be this. You know, what I if, didn't even think about that, but looking, thinking of the documentary end of the Hollywood. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. has. And to then, be. and what, what kind of a society is it where where actors are like, well, you know what, I'm not gay, but I'm hot, and I want to be in the movies, and if I sleep with this guy, he'll put me in the movies. So let's do it. What society is called? Hollywood yeah, society. I, yeah, I guess it is. Um, I yeah. have no doubt that that's still happening to this day. Do you think there's a... I didn't look it up. Do you think there's a Rotten Tomatoes on this? On the documentary? Yeah. There might be an audience score, maybe? I don't know if they do television stuff. Oh, you know what? If I look it up, it'll probably give me like the Rock Hudson film thing. So. Oh, yeah. So I'm not yeah. even going to bother. But it's um, good. You know, um, I will I point out, you know, we, we kind of make jokes here and there about about things, but it AIDS is not funny. HIV is not funny. And um, the hearing the, the stories about people and, and their lives going through that, I think are vital and important. Yeah. And I think yeah. for that, people should watch this documentary and just, you know, get through say, the first 30 minutes and then and, um, it gets good. Publicly, I will say. As I've said before, I am HIV positive, so I reserve the right. Are you sure to make all the jokes I want? <laughs> <laughs> Say, are you sure? I'm not just. I'm sure. not just sure. I'm HIV positive. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. So yeah, it's um, yeah. And I think that's just a defense mechanism to make light of things. Because uh, if I sit down and think about that, this is the thing that will probably kill me. Um, I'll go insane. So instead, I'll laugh you, about it. You drink your juice, Shelby, <laughs> and you and you you can make all the. It's it's. Fun. You can make light of any situation to 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 use humor to get through them. But I just mean like in general. I don't yeah, think that it's. Yeah. A, a I think joke it's really important, matter. and we've talked about this, um, or we've we've watched um, several um, documentaries and movies about this, and, and the band shows. played on. What oh was that God. document? Um, the one we watched. The documentary, like the plague, something about the plague. Oh yeah, that was it was um, yeah, something with the word plague in it. I, okay, we should a, watch that for it. We should talk about like we should, in December. We should talk yeah, about all World the Day documentaries Day. and all the TV um, shows. That one we watched at your house, and we were watching it. And there's a couple how to of, survive a plague. How to survive a plague. And there's a couple of guys who are kind of the subjects through it, and through the entire course of the documentary. It kind of implies that they're going to die of AIDS. <laughs> and then at one point when medications start coming available, antiretrovirals end up coming available, they cut to the guys now and they're interviewing them. I had to go to the bathroom and had a good cry because I was like, the shock of it is like, oh my God, they're still alive was so impactful. Such a yeah. good documentary. Um, that is like, holy shit, I thought you were that, dead. Because that follows like the act up people yes. and it's sort of like the normal heart the larry kramer yeah yeah they're all yeah, in it that's yeah. that's that is such a the great most powerful storytelling yeah uh, is about their lives and about a community of people who had to stand up with each other because the government just didn't care that they, didn't they were give dying. a shit and it start obviously we learned from this documentary it started from the top ronald reagan and nancy reagan didn't give a shit that one of their best friends was dying because it's so irritating it's so annoying 
You know, and it's like when I hear people say Ronald Reagan was the best president. Ronald Reagan was a piece of shit. Yeah. And he was one of the worst presidents because he didn't give a fuck about his friends who were dying of this disease and acted like it was something that they brought on themselves. And his wife wasn't any better. No. Not a fan. Fuck him. Sorry, Mom. So from from two horrible people to another two horrible people. Did you watch the last couple episodes of the other two? I (laughs) did. It's such a good show. This show is fastly becoming my favorite show of all time. Um, the show is the other two. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, was it last week or two episodes ago? Something oh, I like think that. it was like three, three yeah. or four episodes ago. But it's so the, the season finale yeah. came out on Thursday. Um, these two siblings, um, whose mother and their younger sibling are more famous than them, and they just want to be famous. Their younger sibling is um, kind of follows the track of Justin Bieber. He's discovered online as a singer. And then becomes this big hot sensation. The mother kind of follows the line of Ellen, where she becomes this big <laughs> sick or um uh, talk show host, Oprah kind of Ellen, where she has this big now empire where she's got shows and talk shows and and products and all this stuff. And behind the scenes, she's just talking shit about people. Yeah, and it all comes to head in the final the final episode where um. The story breaks that um, the mother um, is tweeting. Well, see, what what happens is the daughter, who's a terrible person, she spends the whole season trying to be a good person just to get recognition for being a good person because she's jealous of her boyfriend. Yeah, just for that. Not because she wants to do good. No, she just wants wants an award. So she finally is going to get this award. And when she's about to- She gets nominated for a Peabody. Yeah, and she's about, she's going to go accept this award. And these people are like, no, she's a horrible person. She doesn't deserve it. So they decide they're going to bring everyone down around her. And so they start releasing the tweets that the mother made about small town life and- they start releasing tweets that the brother made about, yes. you know, trying to use mental health to get out ahead yes, of the world. It was, uh, if you watched the episode before, they have a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A telethon. Fundraiser. Fundraiser yeah. Telethon. Where um, uh, they're raising money for mental health. So uh, Chase, who's the younger brother, decides he's going to tweet out that if you buy my new album, I will donate money to these uh, to mental health awareness organizations. So um, obviously people are like, oh, you're just trying to make money off of mental health. And this story comes out on like um, BuzzFeed or one of those uh, vice, one of those, one of those online newspapers that unfolded. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're not laughing because you folded. We're laughing because we feel your pain, but yeah, it's the, the two it's like vice. And I think it's vice vice and BuzzFeed. The other one is uh, the mother who's played by Molly Shannon, who is probably my favorite character in this whole thing. She's freaking hilarious in this show. Um, she goes to a friend's house and is sending text messages to um, uh, uh, her daughter. Is that who she was texting? I can't remember who she was texting them to. Either her manager well, one or her daughter. Well, one of them was to her uh, but one boyfriend. Of the, yes. Was, oh. <laughs> Speaking of Rock Hudson. <laughs> Um, so she's sending these messages. She's at her friend's house in the, in the Midwest about how sad and pathetic these women are. And these two stories break while they're at the award ceremony for the Peabody award. And, um, Brooke, who is the, the other, one of the other two, um, she decides to throw herself under the bus 
and say that she made the tweet and she made the text messages um, in order to protect her mom and her brother, which is really powerful in this last season because through the whole, like you said, through the whole season, she's just a terrible person. You know, and, and I wrote this down because I, I like this show because they're terrible people and because of their, their antics, they can't get ahead in life because their antics keeps destroying their chances yes. because they're such terrible people. Horrible. But what's different about this season a couple of shows into it after we had talked about it they start their antics start to hurt other people mm-hmm. and i stopped liking the show because i started getting really irritated in fact there's a they scene, become so unlikable unlike they're the they're 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 not funny terrible they're just yeah, they're actually just terrible, terrible, terrible characters and, they become the ronald and nancy uh, reagan of tv well nobody can be that <laughs> terrible uh, I gotta say that rock, that Rock Hudson thing made me really just despise Nancy Reagan. Oh yeah. So anyway, um, um, like this the the episode where where Carrie, right? That's yeah, the name. Carrie, Carrie is the, the other other two. He's the other of the other two. Uh, where his friend finally breaks down and yells at him and says, yeah. "You've not been a friend to me." I was like, "Thank God!" Uh, the entire so- and it's not just this season. He, through the whole series, he has used this guy. Yeah. Um, as his own personal, like, kind of entourage or, or cheer committee. And he's always been there, cheering him along. And finally he breaks and he's like, listen, no. There's good things happening in my life. And you just came here to gloat about how people hate the fucking show I'm on. Because he's, so, he's so transparently bad. Ugh. Ugh. So anyway, um, but so the last episode, Redeemed. <sighs> Everything. I loved it. Taking away all of the lessons they learned. The first thing I want to say about that last episode is the Brokeback Mountain scene. Right here, bro. (laughs) So so this is the 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 shtick of this season is that Carrie has a boyfriend who is like young and adorable. He's adorable and he's young and he's this popular actor and he keeps getting roles, but he's a method actor, so whatever role he is in, he he lives that life. So when he's in a Hallmark, a gay Hallmark Christmas thing. He pretends he's in the closet and everything's yeah. Christmas. So he, in the, the, everything he's in prevents him from having sex with Carrie. Because one, he plays a virgin and he can't have sex with Carrie. Then he's in the Hallmark movie and like his parents, are, his parents his, are next in the room next to him. The next can't, room. I can't possibly do anything. So finally. He's in a Brokeback in Mountain a, style movie. He's <laughs> living in a freaking park he's in, in a, a tent. tent. It's so rid- this show it's is so, so ridiculous, ridiculous and so stupid, but it's so hilarious. So he goes and visits him in the park in the tent, and he goes into the <laughs> tent. And if you've seen Brokeback Mountain, this scene plays out exactly like Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So he's like, you know, Spit and all. what's going on? Why? What are you sleeping in a park? And he's like, I just, I can't keep my hands off you. And he's like, they're just like that, that, that just animalistic <laughs> sex. And he throws him over. Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal style, rips his pants down, and he's like, wait a minute, we don't have any lube. And then he goes, (laughs) (laughs) and he reenacts the Brokeback Mountain scene, and and it is hilarious. At that point, when when that happened, Jen looks over at me, and she goes, they're they're just at a park, right? (laughs) (laughs) But he's out there, and here's the thing I love about the first this episode while he's doing that is, um, they make it like they're living out there for weeks. Like he's filming this show for weeks, and he's living out there for weeks, 
and Carrie's like grows a beard and he's like texting his manager because he's decided he wants to win an Oscar. That's his next step um, after being on this super popular show. Um, and uh, he's like really panicking. He's like, my mom's going to finance this and I need a director and blah, 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 blah. And he's constantly texting her. And it just, it makes it seem like he's been out there for weeks. He's been out there for 36 hours. <laughs> and when he got there and he's like, he goes to his manager's house in the Hamptons and he's screaming in the middle of the night. Uh, my first thought was, this is going to turn out that it's just been a couple of days. And he's just being a total ass. And that's exactly what happened. And I love that he realizes, because I was like, please don't. Just don't go over the cliff. Don't become that guy where this is your entire personality now. And he realizes what a complete ass he's been after, you know. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really good show. It, so good. It, it lost me for a couple of episodes, but you know, I stuck with it and it delivered on the last one. It brought it all back home and it's like, oh, this is why it got so crazy. So it could be this good. I loved it. But my you mentioned that Molly Shannon might be your favorite character. Hands down, mine is her boyfriend. Oh my god, the nurse. He's so stupid. He's so. He's just. He's pure. He's just pure. You know what? He's I take fun. that back. You know who my favorite? You're talking about um, Brooke's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I take it back. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's he's the best. He is so amazing and just so dedicated and loving and hot. Beautiful. It's so weird because the first thing I ever saw him in was in was he played this like narcotics undercover narcotics cop in FBI, and then that I he goes from that to this. I was like, wait a minute, this is so different. Uh, but it was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. He's in a couple of things recently that I've seen him in. He was in um She Hulk, um, and he was also in Scream Six. What's and his name? His name is Josh Sagara. And he's the, he's just such everything he's in, and I I think it's the eyes. He has the most beautiful eyes, and everything he's in, I just want to see more of him in. And I feel like he's like the 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 side character in everything he's in. Somebody needs to give him a lead role. I kind of dig that about him though. I, I want to see more of him. I want to see him in a brokeback my my brokeback mountain style <laughs> I, I thought you were going to be like I want to see him and Jennifer Lawrence and Melissa McCarthy <gasps> and who was the other one it wasn't Betty Jennifer Buckley. Coolidge Jennifer Coolidge yeah. Yeah, it's like it wasn't Betty uh, Buckley We're building this cast this cast is stacked Yeah So listen I hope you guys like the new format of this show it's, it gives us a chance to really just say everything that we think about a situation and run off on our tangents without having to cut anything short so um, if you're if you like what you're listening to shoot us an email at w in at watermarkonline.com if you have suggestions on things that you'd like us to, to say or if you want to correct things that we said you know like hey Betty Buckley does do her own ass shots then let me know fascinating please definitely let us know about that <laughs> um, but uh, yeah until next week then our cork is back in the bottle <laughs>